Welcome back to Gritty Leaders Club. It's our birthday, Ian. We're a year old. Happy, but no, I won't sing it, Ben. I won't sing it. I've got a terrible voice, but isn't it great? It's great. A year on. This is episode 25. In fact, we're going to be a couple of weeks older than our birthday by the time we upload this and it's out there. But episode 25, pat on the back, I think, for for you and I. Yeah, and we've kind of kept up. If you think one year, 25 episodes to a month, you know, we're, we're on track, aren't we? We are. And I've heard there's people listening to us. Apparently so, which is great. Occasionally, they give us five-star reviews, and in fact, only five-star reviews. Yeah. So thank, thank you very much, everyone. No, it's great. It's really great. Really great. Great day. And today, we're going to look at one-to-ones. Yeah. Vital. Vital. Not done very well. Too often, they're not done very well. It's an institution now, though, that we start differently. And what's caught your attention, Ian? What's caught my attention is I've recently met some some people who I'd heard some kind of mixed reviews about, you know. And uh, when I met them and spent some time with them, I thought these are lovely people. And I said that to Jacqueline, my wife, and she said to me, "Well, that's really interesting, isn't it?" When I was when I was Reflecting on today and what I've noticed, she said, why don't you talk about that? And so I started to think, well, what does that mean? And of course, the story starts when I was 21, I was, I was working in Hong Kong and I heard something on the grapevine in the office and I went to see a manager and he said, well, Ian, let me give you some advice. And then as a young manager at, at the raw age of 21 in Hong Kong, he said, go to the source, find out what's really going on get some context and then make a decision. And it was really good advice. And I think for leaders today, it's so important that people don't pick up corridor conversations and assume they're real. And you see it all the time in the, in the press, don't you? Lazy journalism where they quote a stat without context and people pick it up and repeat it. And it happens in offices all the time. So for leaders, it's really important. Find out for yourself, find out what's real, what you should believe. And if you don't have enough information, go back to the source as, as Toyota have got a, a value there, Genshi Genbutsu, which is actually that, that very thing. Go to the source, find out for yourself. When I've worked in Toyota before, they would kill you in a meeting if you said, I heard in the corridor from someone that we might be doing this, they'd absolutely crucify you because they understand that that's not the way organizations should really work or people should behave. So that's what I've noticed, just uh, kind of reinforced that behavior in me. It's a great reminder. Yeah. And, And of course, we should find out for ourselves, make up our own mind. And it's just a few days, last Friday, I think I was talking to the managing director in a manufacturing company he has a few hundred people mm-hmm. and we were talking about engagement and the year that has just been and he touched upon the moment in that year where engagement had had dipped down mm-hmm. a little bit and it had dipped down because word had got round about the pay cuts that were going to happen across the board mm-hmm. and and everyone got into a funk about this only there were no pay cuts it had never even been mooted it wasn't even on the table in fact they were planning the opposite bonuses pay rises because they were getting through the pandemic well yet this rumor took hold and of course it must be true because everyone had heard it from three other people so that makes it true right <laughs> so yeah yeah Go back to the source. Well, that would have cured that. So it's it's a lovely company value as well as a, as yeah. a personal reminder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, leadership have a great deal of responsibility here, don't they? You know, the great phrase is you cannot not communicate. And, you know, you said that they were planning to increase salaries and all bonuses. And whenever we're thinking of that, whenever we're planning things, make sure we're communicating very regularly. Because as soon as we leave a gap, as soon as we leave a bit of a vacuum, it's filled. It's filled mm-hmm. with noise, it's filled with stories, it's filled with gossip. So as leaders, we've got to be constantly communicating. And if we don't know the answer, say to people, we don't yet know the answer, but we're thinking about it. We're looking at it. We're working on it. Yeah. The danger is we leave a gap. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, I didn't used to think about the gap as often as I should, but I did always remember that whenever I communicated anything or the company communicated anything, I could guarantee that some people would completely misunderstand it. Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd almost take the opposite meaning. You know, <laughs> I, I think if you've got 10 or 15 people, you mm-hmm. can guarantee it's going to misfire majorly with at least one of those or that proportion if you're if you're in a bigger organization but again go back to the source it it reinforces this point doesn't it absolutely and you know it reminds me of somebody telling me what's the definition of communication it's not what i say it's what Mm. you hear and understand and do and and it's it's that checking it's that feedback loop isn't it where you've got 10 people in a room where you send an email which of course is no guarantee what people have understood from the email what have they understood? What are they talking about? What are they going to do, etc.? You know, really important stuff. And what's great about that is if you think about it for more than about five minutes, you stop sending emails. <laughs> Pick up the phone. Go and have see somebody in person. Yeah. Have a conversation instead. Exactly, exactly. So what, what have you noticed then, Ben? Two, two things, two headlines, actually, and in combination, they got me thinking. They're very different, but in combination, they got me thinking. The first is a headline about the rip-roaring success of Iceland's experiment with a four-day working week. Mm. They've run experiments in the public sector, large number of people over over a few years, and it's been a huge success. The second headline is in an article from Hintzer Performance. Hintzer is an organization that does loads of coaching in elite sports, particularly Formula One. Mm-hmm. The article was about optimal performance, but in the headline, there's a quote. And the quote is that Formula One, it's like playing chess whilst running a marathon. Mm. And these two very different headlines got me thinking. I reckon the four-day working week is is a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know, the world will be a better place if we have three days of rest and relaxation, family time, and four days of work. It's simply a better equation. And I think we will move that way as automation and AI begins to augment people. So we will move that way. And that's a good thing, I think. However, the reason all of this caught my attention is it should be a stretching idea for both companies and individuals. Mm-hmm. Companies need to up their game mm-hmm. to be able to produce everything they need and delight their customers in four days of productivity from their people Mm. rather than five Mm. Mm. and reward their people just as well. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the coin, you know, us workers, we need to up our game as well. We need to be thinking, am I like that Formula One driver? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Am I playing a game of chess whilst running a marathon and achieving a a good time? Because if I up my game Mm -hmm. and I show up, physically and cognitively on my A game, I'll achieve more in four days than I would in six. And how many people out there, by the way, are working six-day weeks oh, and, crazy. and moaning about it? It's, you know, a, it's a great thing. I agree with you entirely. And I think there is a big danger that we we carry on as we are. And uh, I was actually up in Newcastle speaking to a group of CEOs recently. And one of them uh, said that he had he was working with barber the clothing manufacturer and they had gone to a four-day week and barber is most of the workers in barber are women and most of them are apparently between sort of you know 40 and 60 should we say that's what he he told me and they love coming to work have great friendships groups at work and they went from five days to four days and they lost no productivity and what it's given them which they didn't foresee was a massive competitive advantage because who can come along and poach their people now? Because mm. none of their competitors are working four days a week. And if they're paying the going rate and they've got great friendships at work and they're motivated to do it and they love Barber, that's going to be really hard. So their churn rate is virtually zero. Absolutely. Bring it on. <clears throat> I'd say. Yeah. 
actually i don't think it's going to be quick coming in in the uk we've had full employments more or less economically full employment for quite a while now and thanks to the pandemic all of those workers we were relying on from europe mm. are back in back in europe mm. so we're going to be busy here for a while so i don't think this is a change that's coming quickly but the leading companies the innovative companies the, the upstarts that really would like to be different and accelerate themselves because of it mm. i reckon this is a great debate yeah super well put so on to this is our second meetings mini series podcast it is the first meetings the good the bad and the ugly has been our fastest downloading episode and you and i really enjoyed it and we barely got through the the set of notes and points that we'd both worked up in advance and we realized we've got a we've got a mini series on mm. our hands mm. and today we're going to look at the the one to one i hear about one to ones well i both i do and i don't as i work with with leaders at every level some of them ask about one to ones mm. they're having trouble with them and some of them you never hear it mm -hmm. it's like tumbleweed yeah and it, and if you ask you get this awkward silence sometimes mm -hmm. i think this is a dirty little secret <laughs> i think it's a dirty little secret there are bad one to ones or worse missed one to ones and absence mm -hmm. of one to ones happening up and down the country yeah, I, I, I quite agree. I think, you know, the, the, the research shows, interestingly, negative feedback is more motivating than no feedback. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? So actually doing, not doing a one-to-one -one at all, and, and I'm not actually proposing here we all go out and give negative feedback, and we'll talk about negative and positive and all those sorts of feedbacks, I'm sure. But actually not doing a one-to-one -one or saying we're going to do a one-to-one -one on a Friday morning and then saying, oh, I can't do it this Friday morning. I've got something else. I've got to go and see a client. What does that say to your people? There are so it says, many bad it says, it says you can't be bothered. You can't be bothered with me. It says I don't matter. It says if I don't show up to this, do I also need to show up to that? Or can I not show up to that as well? It, it's... Mm. It's, it, it, it's crazy. And, and, you know, you talk to some CEOs and you say, so how many, how many people directly report to you that you've got to um, have one-to-ones with? And, for, and so they look sort of puzzling back at you sometimes. Oh, you're telling me I've got to do one-to-ones with all of them. And the second thing is they reel out too many people. So they might re reel out 12 people. And, you know, the sort of the size of the team you can really start to work with is crucial as well, you know, at all levels. Yeah, and let's say they've got a sensible number, seven, eight. Mm. And then I ask, well, just quickly, walk me through the quality of your one-to-ones with each of those people one by one. Mm. Yeah, and they do. And almost guaranteed you get to the person with whom they have a one-to-one, -one, and what they say is, she and I, it's like a competition. We can't wait to get out of that room. <laughs> if we can be out of there in less than 15 minutes game on okay <laughs> and, and the one-to-one's got that that vibe to it uh, either the report or the manager is desperate to not not be there my goodness what does that say i mean that's a red flashing light isn't it mm -hmm. oh it's massive isn't it and it comes down to you know ask that big question that we should ask of everything we do in life and as leaders why why are we having a one-to-one? -one? What's the purpose of a one-to-one? -one? Well, the reason we're having one-to-ones is it is the primary way that we get stuff done in the organisation in the way we do it here. Exactly. Exactly. And people want to know how they're doing. And there needs to be a realistic understanding so that they understand how they're doing on all sorts of facets of their job and the values and the, their development and so on and so forth and there needs to be an honest understanding between the two parties and last time i checked in most organizations you can't get up from your desk or leave your your machine on the shop floor 
go through the door, walk down the corridor and get to the nursery where the next generation of colleagues is, you know, is born and then the preschool where they, they grow up and they learn how we do stuff around here, you know, and then university and apprenticeships and the rest of it. Most organizations, that's not there. In fact, people, you know, they're born elsewhere. They grow up elsewhere. They have education wherever they do. They go and work in three or four places before they show up here. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yes, we want all of that experience, but my point is they've shown up here and we're a great company. And one of the reasons we're a great company is we know why we exist. We know how we do what we do here. In fact, we are the best in the world at what it is we do here. And part of that is we do it our way. Yeah. And that's a big, big reason why we have one-to-ones. Mm-hmm. Because we're constantly checking in on how we do stuff here and how we add to that and how we're brilliant in the way that we know to be brilliant right here. Yeah. There is nothing more important a leader can do than develop another leader. Totally agree. So so point number one here, uh, listeners, if you've got reports, if you've got people you have one-to-ones with, get the piece of paper, just jot a word for the quality of each of those one-to-ones. And if you have one of those one-to-ones where there's a competition to get out of the room before the clock ticks over quarter past the hour, or if you've got somebody on that list with whom you're not having one-to-ones, take yourself outside and have a talking to yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not doing your job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's the role of of a leader figure it out one of the biggest roles you can do and if you're the leader the ceo or if you're a director or if you're a team manager you're the role model people are looking at you if you don't have one-to-ones they don't have to one-to-ones and the whole thing breaks down it's got to start from the top and go right the way through the organization yeah and if that's happening you're not having one-to-ones and they're not having one-to-ones hello You do not know what's happening in the organization. You haven't got a clue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't know. This is your job. So get those one-to-ones back in the calendar and do them. Exactly. Now, when I started, Ben, back in black and white film days in an organization, my first job, as you know, was in the Foreign Office, Foreign and Commonwealth Office. And big organization, 5,000 people. When I joined there as a young lad, we had an annual appraisal system. And once a year, I went in and sat down with my boss and he got out a five-page form and he started filling in boxes and telling me how I'd done that year. He didn't want a lot of feedback from me. He just (laughs) told me how I'd done. Ticked a load of boxes and sent it off to his boss. Things have moved on a little bit from then. What's your, how do you see it? Do you remember those days? Yeah, I think a lot has moved on in the intervening 65 years, Ian. <laughs> not quite that much, but you know, <laughs> not far off, probably. Yeah, I, I I do. And it's such an old school way of approaching the one-to-one well, and the appraisal as well, actually. And a great point for my part, at least, one-to-ones are not an extension of that appraisal process. That's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. It's joining them together, isn't it? It's figuring out how does this all fit together in a simple way? And for people, we ought to sort of break that down and say, what do we mean by a one-to-one? And how does that fit into an annual calendar where you will look at the performance and the development of your people? Mm-hmm. What do I see? I see I see a weekly, a monthly, and an annual chat. Now, the weekly is what we might refer to, certainly as I would refer to, as a one-to-one. It's short, it's sharp, it's instant, it's specific, and it's feedback and discussion on how it's going that week. That doesn't take away from the daily interaction where you might recognize something going on. You might say, great job, or let's have a chat about that. But it's a weekly discussion. It's pretty quick, but both parties leave knowing how things are going. And that's probably, I don't know where you are on this because we haven't checked notes because we never do before we start these things. But in my world, that's probably a one-to-one as opposed to, you could still categorize it, the monthly, slightly more formal one, which I'll come on to and, you know, what I see it as. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I, w- I would agree that's, that's a one-to-one. And if folk are doing regular one-to-ones with all of their people in that way, they're achieving a, you know, a pretty reasonable standard. Mm-hmm. You know, the lights are going to stay on. Mm-hmm. I, I look at them differently and we'll get, we'll get on to that. But I totally agree that that's a, that's a great starting point. In amongst what you said there, there's something I absolutely agree with, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you said uh, this doesn't replace the the daily touch points, mm-hmm. you know, little progress conversations. This for me is, is an important point. Clean up the one-to-ones. And by that, what I mean is the status reporting, that shouldn't be in a, in a one-to-one. You know, we, we can send the status reports on the big projects on the Monday. Mm-hmm. And if it needs a 10-minute conversation, we can have a 10-minute conversation yeah. around that status update. And those status updates, they are part of the life of the, the project. Mm. So get those out of the one-to-one because they should be happening in, in the way we've agreed. And if you don't, they chew up, they occupy uh, the time that we could be using in in one-to-ones for one-to-one type topics. Other things to clean out of your one-to-ones, requests for approval. Mm-hmm. If you need approval for something or or one of your people does, you should have a good mechanism that they can flag that and get the approval they need quickly and efficiently mm-hmm. when they need it. Yeah. Yeah, and they send the request with whatever information is is needed and it gets turned around. That's not a one-to-one topic either. And likewise, a lot of requests for support. Mm-hmm. I need this, I need help with that, and can you help me enable this, that, or the other? Again, th- these are things that are helping people do their daily work mm. and their weekly work. They shouldn't wait until the one-to-one. No. If somebody's stuck and they need to get unstuck, they need to be unstuck right away. Yeah, you know exactly. that's what caught my attention. Let's up our games here. Are we doing what we really need to so that people could be productive, mm-hmm. or are we saying it's okay be unproductive for three and a half days because we've got our one to one on Friday morning uh, and we'll deal with it then? I mean, come on. <laughs> so we've cleared all this stuff out of what shouldn't be in a one to one. Then what should be in a one to one? What what should be in a one-to-one? Well, there, I think there's two answers, two mm-hmm. answers to this. One, I pretty similar to, to what you said a few minutes ago, a short update on the big stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a two-way update, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, key point, one-to-ones are two-way things. You do this as well, as well, I'm sure. When we listen to a leader tell us about the quality of each of their one-to-ones, yeah, occasionally you realise, oh my God, Every one-to-one I've heard about here is a broadcast Mm -hmm. from the leader downwards Mm -hmm. or the other way up. The the leader sitting there silently and just absorbing stuff. Neither of those are right. It's it's two ways. So, yeah, standard stuff for a one-to-one, a short update on the big important stuff, and it is a two-way update. Yep. And then the, the next one for me it's the real stuff. And what I mean by that, it's the stuff I want to tell my boss, the stuff my boss needs to know. It's also the stuff I don't want to tell my boss, but I really should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other way around, it, you know, it's the stuff I should tell my colleague, my report, my team member. It's the stuff they need to know. And it's the stuff I don't want to tell them, but I really should. Mm-hmm. And this comes back to the vulnerability we spoke about in the last podcast, which is in a one-to-one, we need to have such a great relationship that we've built up over time where the trust is there, the vulnerability-based trust is there so that we feel comfortable saying to our boss, look, I'm struggling here, I'm not doing so well there, you should know about this, etc." The things that, you know, when I, going back those 65 years ago, I've never have had those conversations with my boss then, but we need to create that relationship where we know when we sit down, we're comfortable, we see these as productive, we see them having a great outcome, And we're not scared to put stuff on the table. We're not fearful of that. Absolutely. And depending on where we are with our one-to-ones with with any particular person, we might be thinking to ourselves in our one-to-ones, are we leaning into the difficulty? Are we leaning into the sort of the slightly dangerous, uncomfortable conversations? Maybe that's going to be a good signpost to us. 
or if the quality of our one-to-ones is, a, is in a different place, we might ask ourselves, right, how am I going to stretch my colleague today? How are mm. they going to stretch me today? Both of these take the conversation a little bit further onto more demanding topics mm-hmm. where if we're not purposeful, we might not go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's, where the, that's where the action happens. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where are you on uh, recording the dialogue? Because we all know, and I saw, I talked briefly about monthly one-to-ones being, and I haven't come on to it yet, slightly yeah. more formal. And there are times we know when, let's suppose, you know, Jimmy or Jane really aren't performing that well. Could be values they're not living too well. Could be just they're not really up for the job. Maybe they're just, they're just moving off track a little bit where we'd like to see that. And we know we've heard it again and again in organizations. You know, I remember saying to a, a board years ago I was working with, who are the people who you, you describe as C players, the ones off track? And they said, oh, yeah, we know who they are. And they all came out and trotted out, you know, four people in the organization. Why are they still here? Well, and, and, and it, we kind of lots of mumbling went on and discussion went on. And so when did that? Let's pick one of them. When did they start to go off track? Oh, they've been off track for years. And so why are they still here then? Well, you know, for a couple of years, no one recorded that they were going off track. And, and you know, people find it, their manager finds it very difficult to have the conversation with them. And, you know, and when they're on their game, they're okay to hear all the excuses come in. So when do we start to record the, the, this formal dialogue we're having with people in your view? So on this specific question of the conversations that have highlighted and driven an acknowledgement of a gap in performance or a gap in behaviours. That, for me, it's not a question of how we record our one-to-ones. We, we raise it one or two times informally. If it's not changing, then it's documented. And that's the start of an HR process. So by that point, I've had a conversation with with my HR leader, and I'm following that process. So I'm documenting it, you know, good discipline. Have I raised it again? Has it still not changed? Mm -hmm. Additional conversation, document it outside the one-to-ones and have good accountability about that process. And, And I totally agree with you. How often do we hear the the answer? Well, I've raised this time and time again in one-to-one and nothing had happened. Mm. Uh, And yes, if the one-to-ones are documented and it can be seen it was raised in the one-to-one, that's a helpful helpful thing in the absence of having dealt with it properly, Mm -hmm. head on Mm. outside the the one-to-ones. But where do I stand on on documenting uh, one-to-ones? Well, something else comes first before I get to the the documentation bit. So, you know, we've got the the short update on the the big and the important stuff, and it's two way. We've got the real stuff, the stuff that I don't want to tell my boss, but really should. The stuff that I don't want to tell my team member, but really should, and sort of leaning into that slightly uncomfortable space. By the way, there shouldn't be too much of that stuff. There mm. might be to begin with, because you might have a you know a, a backlog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was, you know, there was the bottleneck of poor one-to-ones or absent one-to-ones before now. Yeah. But you know, be be reassured, folk. Once we get going with this, and if we're regularly reminding ourselves to talk about that stuff, well, it quickly stops being awkward and it quickly gains traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and people once once they've got the feedback they need, and once we have the feedback we need as leaders as well. Hey, we improve, we change. Yeah. So, so lean into that, but it's going to get better a lot quicker. And then I get on to my big point for any one-to-one. And this is a question that I use in all sorts of places, which is what is the most important item you and I mm. can talk about this morning? Yeah. And then we spend a great chunk of the one-to-one on that uninterrupted, important discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And uh, it's you know it's the question we should throw into many meetings we're having with our top team as well. Yeah, you know, it's just such a great question. And and once we've got that relationship, and I think what we're saying here is don't save up topics for a one to one. Get to them straight away. The best feedback is specific and timely. 
Mm -hmm. And it gives people, this is what I saw. Tell me what you saw. And if it's great, it, you know, bad feedback is you've done a great job. Good feedback is that report you wrote was terrific. I'd love to see more reports like that. And it was terrific because it had a great executive summary. It had a great set of bullet points that summed up the, the, the pros and cons of what we're trying to put forward. It was nice and succinct and the customer loved it. That's great feedback. And so I think we need to recognize that we need to give feedback to people on a very regular basis when we see it and be that praise or be that more of a conflict feedback, more of a negative feedback when we need to know, and we talk about that in a minute, I'm sure, where we need to, we, we don't need to, we shouldn't be shying away from that. So we shouldn't build things up for a one-to-one. -one. We should right. have and, them. Go on. And that, and that creates space, doesn't it? That creates yeah. space in the one-to-one -one for yes. us to talk about the single most important thing that you and I could talk about today. Exactly, exactly. Whatever that might be. And some weeks that's going to be your thing. And other weeks, that's going to be my thing. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have both. It might be the the big project. It might be a particular customer. It might be uh, a particular goal for a year. Going back to the the annual appraisal thing, what's the stretch for this year? What's the big opportunity for us in our relationship and you and your role? This year? it might be that. It could also be news about the company. Hey, I'm just out of the the strategy process. I mm. want to tell you about what was discussed and the thinking for the three years ahead for us and some of the, the big ideas in there. And on one of those, mm. um, I think that's really going to impact us here in a great way. So I'd like to get you thinking about it. You know, so the big thing could be that thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. It was a few years back now where I heard somebody talking about the three things they short thought should be in a one-to-one, -one. not necessarily in a very structured way, but in a sense of what are we covering? I love that. I love that, by the way, not too much structure. Keep them fluid, keep yeah. them open, keep them yeah. flexible. Yeah, absolutely. But have in mind, you're talking about how well they're doing against some sort of framework, goals, objectives, targets, etc. So there has to be a discussion around how they're doing. And hopefully that will come from them when you ask the question, what's the most important thing we should discuss today? But it could also be in how they're living our values, uh, you know, uh, whether they're going around abusing our values and where they're acting or whether they're actually promoting our values and living it, 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 in a great way. And the third thing would be, how are they developing? How are they moving into their stretch zone? How are they growing? What are they reading? What are they, how are they communicating and engaging with others, the sort of the stuff that will grow a person to be a better version of themselves next year, in addition to doing their, their objectives, their targets, etc., which could be over and above those things. I think these are great things to, to always have in the back of our mind. They're a go-to because, you know, once we get good at one-to-ones, we're going to have dealt with a lot of the current issues. There's not always going to be something current to be talked about. And that's a great moment to pick up one of those topics, or we can add to that list, can't we? We can, mm. hey, well, let's use let's use our half hour this morning to, to talk about your key relationships. Mm. And what key relationships do you want to add in? Mm. You know, let, let's extend your, your reach, or let's use our conversation today not to talk about you and you and I. Let's talk about our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and where is it going well and where is it not? What are we consistently good at? What are we intermittently good at? What are we intermittently bad at? Let's have that conversation. Let's talk about three years' time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you could stop there. Let's talk yeah. about three years' time and, and yeah. find out whether your colleague is going to talk about themselves in three years or talk about the team in three years or talk about the company in three years so, mm. yeah there's great utility mm. in all three of those so i love that have a, a list in the background of mm. these powerful topics mm. that we can visit from mm. time to time in amongst our you know regular one-to-one -one stuff yeah absolutely absolutely because they will they will vary they'll fluctuate you know the big question what do you want to talk about it brings me to the sort of you touched on it earlier you know the leaders broadcasting in a one-to-one -one. actually you know the question is who sets the agenda in a one-to-one -one? well it's both isn't it you know 
we want to say to the person coming into the one-to-one, if I'm the, if I'm the leader and they work for me, what's on your mind? What should we talk about today? What's important for you? But I should be coming in there thinking, I know what's important for me. So there's a joint meeting of what, you know, let's have a look at what we're going to discuss today and let's set this agenda for this morning or this afternoon. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know what I'm going to say here because you said the A word. So ditch the agenda and have ground rules. <laughs> and seriously, uh, ditch the agenda for one-to-one, set ground rules with each of your people. I mean, th- this Do a one-to-one about this. You know, if you've got one-to-ones that are stuck in a rut or you've got that one where you can't see your colleague for the smoke as they left the room the moment they could, set a one-to-one. And what the one-to-one is about is ditching the agenda and, and instead agreeing a set of ground rules. And by the way, these could be slightly different for each person. Mm. Um, ditch the agenda, establish the ground rules. One-to-ones are sacred. Mm. We're both committed to having great one-to-ones mm. that are intensely valuable to the two of us. And we're both going to show up having thought about it in advance to make that happen. Exactly what you just said, Ian. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep it real. We're going to tell it how it is. I am going to tell you the stuff that you need to hear, but I don't want to tell you. And you are going to tell me the stuff that I need to hear and you don't want to tell me. We're going Mm -hmm. to keep it real. We're Mm -hmm. going to have big impact. We will talk about the most important thing we can spend time on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in each conversation. And it's two way. Mm -hmm each of these things but those big items as well some of them you're going to suggest some of them i'm going to suggest some of them the organization and circumstance uh will suggest and we're going to enjoy it yeah yeah so we will go on a walk we will have it over breakfast lunch we're not always going to come into my office or or Mm. your office we're going to keep it fresh we're going to enjoy it so i would say ditch the agenda establish those ground rules and live them yeah I guess what I'm saying with the agenda and call it what, what you like is the agenda gets created in the moment. It's not, a, it's not a priest. Yeah. You don't come in and go, here's my agenda. We come in and say, what should we have on the table for this half an hour, this however long we're spending together on that walk and we're discussing some points. What, what should those points be? Let's, let's co-create them. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm meaning by the agenda. And I, and I heard that first time. First time out. <laughs> and I, I so agree with you. The reason I like to to say ditch the agenda is, is I think people are so surrounded and indoctrinated with, you know, the word agenda meaning mm. a certain thing that you can say that to them, but they still get tripped up by the concept. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you say we're going to co-create mm. every conversation, the magic, the good stuff to talk about, well, they get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a co-create piece, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Now, what about the two things that, that, that occur to me that are really important here? And one is the power of praise and understanding that. Yep. And, and, and the other thing is how we deal with negative feedback that we know we have to give. Okay. Okay. And you've already given us a good starting point on this because you said a few minutes back, and it's so important that we should emphasize it, is praise and negative feedback, but praise as well. doesn't wait for the one-to-one. You give it in the moment, at the the time it's earned. Yeah, uh, completely. Yeah, and you've got to because actually there is a dilution of that praise to the point where it means nothing if you wait a long time to give it. And you know what? It takes roughly the same amount of time to open the notebook, turn to the right page, jot down the item that we're going to give praise about so that we can refer back to that when we get to the one-to-one. And when the one-to-one's approaching, you know, we get out the notebook when we're having coffee earlier that morning and we review and then we see that point and we recall and then we remind ourselves and we maybe we jot a running order for the actual one-to-one and when we're going to talk about it, you know, we spent five or 10 minutes by the time we've, we've done all of those things. We spread them over the best part of a week, but we've invested five or 10 minutes. So when that initial thought comes, hey, that was good, and Mm. I need to say so, pick up the phone. Yeah, completely. Completely agree. Hey, Uh, Joe, just wanted to say, I heard about this today. Fantastic. Just wanted to pick up the phone and say, I've heard about it. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. Awesome mm. job. Mm. Absolutely. And it is so powerful 
you know, all the science will tell us that the more you praise people, the more you create a, cult, uh, a culture of praise and the more people will praise others. And I'm not saying praise where praise isn't due, but actually it's interesting. Some of the research shows that that leaders are more inclined and happier giving constructive negative feedback than they are giving praise. An HBR article I was reading yesterday showed that more leaders are comfortable because they think that's their role to give negative feedback than to give positive praise. Mm -hmm. And it's, crazy and we need to get over ourselves and praise people where praise is due as you say specific and timely sean aco as who we both know great ted talk those are great books there's a couple of points i picked up from one of his books called big potential yeah. and he talks about if you give four or more praise touch points over a year to somebody their praise to others doubles and in new hires three or four praise touch points over the first year, the retention rate goes from 80% to 94%. So there's, there's some lot of stats out there, there's a lot of research on the power of praise, and it's important to seek it out, to look at it, and as you've said, do it as quickly as you can with those who deserve it. Yeah, nothing to add. It's incredibly powerful. And the praise has got to outweigh the negative feedback and then some. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what about the, the reverse of that when we think, gosh, we've got some negative feedback, which I know can keep leaders up at night. I know they want to avoid it. Some of us don't like conflict. How do we approach that, Ben, in your experience? How do leaders approach that? How do the best leaders approach that? How do the worst leaders, what do they do with that? The worst leaders, they wait. Yeah. Because we both know about it, right? You know, we both know it's happened. We both know it's coming in many cases. And the longer we wait, the more awkward, difficult that conversation is going to be. It's playing in the other person's mind. They don't think it's going to go well, or they uh, are rehearsing their arguments to defend uh, their position. You know, in all sorts of ways, the more time we give it, then the more temperature this thing can have and the more a competitive conflict can develop before we've even said a word. Yeah, and people feel they're treated unfairly, particularly simple trite example, somebody shows up a little bit late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't say anything. Somebody shows up a little bit late a couple of days later. We don't say anything. Somebody mm -hmm. shows up a little bit late early the following week. We don't say anything. Somebody shows up a little bit late a few days after that. And finally, we think, I can't tolerate this anything anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to say something. So I say something. And what response do you get? Well, hang on. That was okay all of last week and the mm -hmm. week before. If it's not okay, why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Credibility starts to be lost, doesn't it? Yeah, and that you know, and that was a insignificant example. If it's if it's a bigger thing, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. you know, hey, come on, you're my manager. If that was wrong, you had to tell me. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me off now because mm -hmm. I haven't had the feedback that I needed to change or to do that the way the way that it needs to be done around here. Mm -hmm. So the worst managers, they wait. Yeah. And possibly competing with that worst trait is you just avoid it. Yeah. So you don't give it at all. And so so here's the other thing I hear a lot of, Ben, I'm sure you do, which is the, the sandwich. So oh, well, let's say you mean the, you mean the, the shit sandwich. Right? I, do, I do mean the shit sandwich. And we hear this a lot, don't we? And yeah, them coming a mile off. Yeah. <laughs> and what does that do? Does it make the person feel better that they've had it in a lovely sandwich? The negative feedback to two positives? No, it's called a shit sandwich for a reason. It makes them feel <laughs> shit. And tell you what else it does. It makes me feel that my manager is shit. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Can you not do better than this? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you give it then? Okay, you've got this, you've got this feedback here, you've, you've figured out that you've seen something happen, maybe slightly worse than turning up late one day, perhaps, perhaps, let's say somebody has done an awful pitch, they haven't prepared for a pitch or something like that. How do you give that to them, Ben? 
Hey, I don't think there's one answer, but I think there's some good guide rails for this. First of all, we're not we're not going to wait. However, we're also not going to give that feedback if we're feeling strong emotion about it. So if I'm angry, if I'm irritated, if I am stressed because we lost that pitch mm. and it was a really important one, I'm going to let that soak out of my system first. Yep. So that I can come to the feedback conversation. Sounds mm -hmm. terrible, doesn't it? The feedback conversation. So that I can come to the conversation without all of that baggage. Mm -hmm. I can come to the conversation feeling resourceful and on my front foot and in a non-judgmental way. Yeah. Everybody go and read the book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. I think it's Mary Lee Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great book, all about whether we use judgmental language or neutral language. Because if we use judgmental language, what we do is we instantly demand justification from the other person. So they're now justifying their position. We're into defend attack. We're into uh, a competitive conflict. So we've already we've already lost. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's the first thing is we make sure that we can approach this without the baggage of our own emotional reaction or judgment going on. In fact, we we put it into context. Yeah. Hey, this is just one pitch. We do tens, hundreds of pitches through the year. We win some, we lose some, we learn in every single one of them. Yeah. Right? So we get ourselves into, into that position. The next is we don't wait for the big things. We mm -hmm. give feedback on, you know, the, the routine things as well. You know, we don't just give feedback when it's gone wrong. We give feedback because there's been a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do this. If if I went to a pitch, so good example, if I went to a pitch with any one of my people, afterwards we'd go find a coffee shop and like, let's debrief each other. Mm -hmm. How did that go? How did I do? How did you do? So we make it mutual mm -hmm. as well. And if we've got a, a good muscle of regularly giving two-way mutual feedback about pretty much everything that we you know of it of importance mm. well guess what when it comes to the feedback conversation about something that went wrong it's just a feedback conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so, so mm -hmm. that's that's the next thing here but if we if we really need to i might say something like hey let's spend a couple of minutes i want to talk about whatever the thing was, you know, I want to talk about last week when we were with the organization to do, to do the pitch. And it's important because, and so let's talk it through. And I want us to work together to find a better way with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just something like that, slowing mm -hmm. down what I want to talk about, the specific example, why it's important. I want us to work together on this you and i and find uh, a better way yeah that's right and it reminds me of kobe you know seek to understand before you seek to be understood what did they think about it how did they feel it went you know there's a danger of rocking into these things and saying this is what i saw this is what i felt this is how it went you might find by asking the question tell me how you felt about that pitch that what could come out is do you know what i didn't feel it went really well oh tell me more why didn't it go so well do you know what? My kids were up all night. I'd planned some time to prepare. They're both sick. I ran out of time preparing. I felt I should still do it. And then suddenly you're starting to get to the root cause of what's going on here rather than seeing, you know, the actual pitch. So there's something here we can help the person with. And there's something we need to know getting to those conversations we spoke about earlier, that when we've got that great relationship, we can talk about those things. Totally agree. And hey, as you talked us through that, Ian, what was I listening to? I was just listening to a conversation. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's what we're trying to achieve here. And by the way, what you've just said only works if we're doing it regularly. Yeah. Because if our reporters never heard us ask uh, that question before, how did you think that went? Or worse, 
They've only heard us ask that question when things obviously have gone badly or when mm. I obviously thought they'd gone badly. Mm. Well, then the question ceases to serve its purpose. I say, hey, hey, Joe, how do you think that went? And what he hears is, oh, great. Ben didn't think that went very well. <laughs> That's right. Exactly, yeah. It becomes very loaded, doesn't it, if it's if that's the only time you've ever asked it. Um, yeah, but but what you can do is, hey Joe, let's talk about that one. I I didn't think that went well. Mm, mm, what did you think? Mm, yeah, and mm. then we're we're at least being upfront. Exactly. But also we're creating that space. Yeah, yeah. There's a great there's a great quote I read in a Harvard business article by a guy called Paul Green, who's a doctoral student, all about uh, giving feedback and and he said we need to give negative feedback about something a person did and still show that they're a valued member of the team and i think what, what we're seeing here what we're talking about here is in most cases an atmosphere a culture of positivity of praise of openness and on the occasion when we say let's talk about this. I didn't think it went so well. What do you think? It's a normal habit, as we've said before, but they're seeing it in the context, which they've had many times over, that they're a valued member of this team. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, it's coming from a place of, of strength, of value, of judging this person as a great person. It reminded me when I read that of looking at our children, you know, when they, when they go to school, and they come back and they, they either get positive or negative, you know, they, they win a race or they lose a race. And the important thing isn't whether they win or they lost the race. You know, the important thing is we love you and you put everything into the race. And I think some of those things we should be doing with our kids are so important in a workplace environment. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that reframing bit, isn't it? We do pitches all the time. We win some, we lose some, some are kind of in the middle. Well, they're not. You either you win or lose them, don't you, I suppose. But you know what I mean. And what you just said, hey, we really value our people. So another way into that conversation is, hey, let's talk about that pitch. We're doing pitches all the time, you and the rest of the team. We win some, we lose some. Actually, I'm beginning to feel that weaken up our game a little bit here and I want to get your opinion on it so let's talk about this one let's talk about any other examples let's talk about this topic for a while and the feedback is given in amongst that but you have a bigger better conversation as well but also when we're framing that way if we're thinking to ourselves hey, do you know what, Bill, I can't actually have this conversation this way with Bill because this is the, the seventh time in a row that it's gone really badly. Well, then we know we've got to have the conversation in a different way. Exactly. And also we're going to present it in, in a different way as well because we're not going to say, hey, Bill, you really screwed that up. Let's talk about it. What we're going to say is, hey, Bill, uh, do you know what? the single most important thing that you and I can talk about today is your pitches because the last seven, all of them have gone badly mm. and we need to turn that around for mm. you, for the company. So that's what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, so where are we, Ben, with this topic? What else, is, is there anything else that's really crucial on your on your list of things to bring out in this topic i reckon we're we're getting there there's a question you asked a few minutes ago like half an hour ago <laughs> which is not yet answered yet which was where do, you know you asked me where do i stand on recording the yeah. the one-to-one -one? and we talked about hr processes performance processes uh, and those things and how they get recorded outside but we didn't talk about where do i stand about recording the 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 one-to-one -one. Uh, and this this rounds off my answer to your other question which is what's my set of bullet points for running a one-to-one -one? Mm. so short update on the big important stuff by the way it's two-way let's talk about the real stuff the stuff that you need to hear but I don't want to tell you the stuff I need to hear but you don't want to tell me by the way it's two-way let's talk about the single most important item you and I can talk about today and then when we've done that debrief and I almost always if if I'm the manager or I'm the leader I almost always say to my colleague my team member all right 
debrief us on this conversation. What are the key points? As they run through that debrief, if those key points are action points for me, I'll jot them. Mm-hmm. And if those key points are action points for them, they'll jot them. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. We're not there to to take every note down because we're not listening. And But we are there to, to sum up the conversation and for both of us to decide what's important that we take away. So I yeah, think... absolutely. And to your earlier point, there's lots of things in the landscape of the one-to-one. There's the, the annual review or the quarterly review or whatever process we've got for that. Mm. And in that is captured goals, progress, maybe 360 feedback. That's all captured in that process. Mm-hmm. There are projects going on. The projects have their own process for for updates and recording progress and all of those sorts of things. There's approvals, nothing to do with one-to-ones. They should be happening where they're happening and so on. So actually, the one-to-ones are sort of the commentary that sits above and beyond all of that stuff. So there shouldn't be too much to to capture. And it's those key points. And they're going to be actions for me. They're going to be actions for... For you, there won't be there won't be too many of them, uh, and they will be the they'll be the magic. They'll be the things that lead us to have uh, a really fantastic year. So, what what? Let me paraphrase what I think we're saying: is a one to one is an ongoing series of real conversations about the things that are most important to discuss between a manager and a subordinate. Yeah, and they're real, and we are. We're saying what needs to be said, including the uncomfortable stuff from time to time. Mm-hmm. Cool. So anything else on your list? Hey, the only thing remaining on my list is how do we know that we've got it? How do we know we've got these good one-to-ones? Mm. So are you saying how do we know at the end of a one-to-one or how do we know as a leadership team we're doing it well? Or uh, what, what, are you, what are you thinking when you ask that question? Yeah, all, all of those things, I, I think. I mean, I know I know my answer, which is both of us, we feel connected and informed. Mm-hmm. I feel absolutely like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm the team member or whether I'm the, the team leader, I'm connected, I'm informed, I feel part of it, I know what's going on. I've got all the information I need. There's few bad surprises and there's plenty of good surprises. Yeah, connected yeah. and informed, two great words there. Yeah, connected and informed, few bad surprises, plenty of good surprises. New thinking happens in the one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New thinking happens. Things move forward. Topics don't drift. Mm-hmm. We're having real one-to-ones. The stuff we're talking about happens. It moves forward. And the final thing on my list that tells me whether or not I've got good one-to-ones is the small stuff is handled effectively between the one-to-ones and the big stuff in the one-to-ones. That's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, and as an organization, those two words that you just pulled out, we feel that everyone is connected and informed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Great, great summary. And where we started with this was, of course, they've got to be regular. They can't be put off. You can't avoid them. They're part of being a leader at whatever level you are in an organization. And where you're at a more junior level of an organization, there perhaps need to be some coaching in how to run them well, some mentoring, mm-hmm. perhaps, of people who have been doing them well. So everyone's doing them to a good standard. Totally. And from time to time, I, I find myself coaching a junior manager or an emerging leader. I know you do mm. as well. And from time to time, they get talking about their one-to-ones. Mm. And I, I love to ask them about, well, thanks for telling me about the one-to-ones you have with your folk. Tell me about the one-to-one you have with, with your manager and you're here, whatever you, you're here. And then I ask them, so when do you think about your one-to-ones with your manager, are you thinking about how you can stretch your manager, how you can stretch Mm. your leader? Mm. I love them to start thinking Mm. that way. Because if they're going to do that there with the person that's senior to them, then they're going to internalize the idea, they're going to get good at it, uh, and they're immediately going to uh, start thinking, well, is there stretch in each of the one-to-ones I'm doing with my team? How Mm. are my teams stretching me? Mm. And if you start asking that question, it has a real impact on the quality of not just your one-to-ones, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
Excellent. Well, if we were to try and sum this up, what would be the big thing you'd pull out of this for our listeners, Ben? What's the big thing? I think the big thing is the big thing. Literally, are we talking about the big thing in each one-to-one? Are we talking about the item of greatest importance to the two of us in the time we have available every time we do a one-to-one? And in order to achieve that ditch the agenda and establish good ground rules for the one-to-one that the small stuff happens outside that we tell each other what really needs to be said uh, and we do that quickly and efficiently and then we get ourselves onto the issue of importance that's the big thing yep no i love that and the thing i'd add is as a leader make sure that you are blocking out sufficient important time to do this because it is one of the most important parts of your job yeah totally it might be a third of your job yeah yeah some leaders really senior leaders it's even more than that from time to time but if i hear yeah it's about a third of my time i don't blink no I don't blink. I might ask a little bit to find out more, but I don't blink. Mm. It could well be a third of your time, mm. and it's probably the most valuable third of your time. Mm. Completely agree. Okay, folks, go get them. <laughs> go reboot your one-to-ones. Have fantastic one-to-ones. Do yourself a favor. Do your people a favor. Do your company a favor. Get out there and do it. Couldn't agree on more. Absolutely. As usual, come back to us with any questions, thoughts, ideas, five-star reviews, ben at bernwells.com, ian at ianwindle.com, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in two weeks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Ian. <laughs>